Hallelujah. Amen. We doing good, Tom? Okay, we're on. Alright, good morning High Desert Works Center. How we doing on a beautiful fall time morning, amen. I, I can feel it that all of my prayers for that cool weather, it's starting to get there, it's coming in, and I mean, who thinks, I mean, it's 95 degrees in the middle of October. Renee, where are your prayers at? I thought you prayed this stuff out. Come on. All right. All right. She's trying. We need to gather the faith here and get this mess out of here. We want our cool weather. We've paid our debt this year. Amen. (laughs) Praise God. Well, we got a lot of awesome stuff going on. Who came out to the inheritance gathering over the last couple of days? Amen. Saw so many of you guys out there and we had a great time. That was all Katie Brady's vision and God just showed her how to do it. Amen. That was, that was God working through her and we're glad for her obedience and, uh, and it paid off. It was awesome and I'm sure we'll be hearing plenty of testimonies to come. Got a great service, got another baby dedication coming up. Amen. Out of our 20 kids, we've got the only girl that High Desert Word Center has been able to produce in the last couple years. So let's, uh, we're gonna dedicate her in a few minutes. Praise God. But Harvest Fest is this Friday. It's here, it's here, and so Katie has got lots of details to give you and information, so uh, everybody paying attention? Uh, some of you look like you're, are you paying attention? 
Okay, all right. I'm just, I don't want to judge, but some of you didn't look like it. Okay, so Katie's got this. Let's listen. Okay, Miss Betty, let's make it happen. Okay, wave, wave your flyer at me if you got a flyer and you know where you're going. Yes. Last week, um, people stopped and said, so where is it at? And I went, oh, we should probably tell you that. So now you have a flyer and you know where it's at. Um, the other thing is on there is some information about what you need to bring with you because it's a li- we're rolling a little different this year. And the equipment that I'm bringing is a little bit different. So make sure you bring the items on that list. The other thing you'll notice is at the bottom of the flyer, it says, for the family and by invitation only. So you have been invited. Please... <laughs> Do not post this cute little flyer on a local bulletin board somewhere. Please do not put this all over Facebook. This is for you and your family. Um, and we have made a couple minor exceptions to, you know, extend, you know, bring in your grandkids and things like that. Of course, we would love to have them. I cannot have 5,000 people at Pastor and Miss P's house. It will not work out. So we got to keep it small this year, and we understand that we are wanting to bless your kids. The other thing we've got going on is there's really nothing all that much that we're needing for people to work. So the goal was for you to come and you to just spend the night with your family. I do have a few minor jobs that I need help with. So I'm going to run through that, and while I'm talking about it, if it's something that you're wanting to help with, please raise your hand, okay? The first thing that we have going on is Wednesday, this coming Wednesday at 5 o'clock, we're packing the candy bags. So if you're here for co-op or you're here for just ministry stuff at 5 o'clock this coming Wednesday, if you can come help pack the candy bags, raise your hand. Okay. That's really fast. Jacob, D, Norma, Hannah, Linda, Brenda, <gasps> Linda, Brenda, Renee, Donna D, Maxine, bunches of kids. Donna W, <laughs> Rosalinda, and Susan. Okay, we did that. Wow, thanks. This year, it'll take you like 20 minutes, you know, compared to previous years. Praise God, that's good. Okay, then on Thursday at 4 o'clock, well, Thursday during the day, Desiree and I are going to throw things out of the shed and pull all the games out that we're needing to bring. So if you have a free Thursday and you want to come hang out on the church property, you're welcome to do so. But at four o'clock, I need people and trucks, and we're going to drive all the equipment out to Pastor and Miss P's house. So if you are available at four o'clock on this Thursday, four to six, I promise not to keep you all night. We're just taking it and dumping it. Four, oh, I actually put down four to seven because I probably will keep you along an hour longer. So four to seven this Thursday, if you're available, raise your hand. Okay. Jacob, Heidi, Donna, W, and Robert, you're already on the list. Okay. Praise God. Cindy is already on the list. And Michael, did you raise your hand on Thursday? Okay. Good deal. Okay. Then on Friday, um, we're going to set up starting at about one o'clock. So if you're wanting to do that, see me. 
Otherwise, on Friday, we'll just see you at 6. The event is 6 to 8. But I do need help with the cleanup crew afterward. 6 to 8. 6 to 8. So on that Friday afterward, if you're willing to stick around and pick up trash, raise your hand. Jacob. Kathy. Rosalinda. Leah. Did I miss anyone? Elizabeth, the Jackson family, Michael Jackson, and the Garcia family. Yes. Yes. Okay. Last and final thing. Last and final thing. Mike and the Garcias and Leah, which really means the whole Mata family. Okay, praise God. Okay, last and final thing, and we'll get on to the baby dedication. So last and final thing is Saturday morning. Our goal and our heart is to make sure that we leave Pastor and Miss P's house and property better than we found it, which currently is really hard because that rodeo arena looks stellar. So our goal is Saturday morning. We want to go back out there. And we want to just pick up any extra trash, anything like that, and just make sure that all the equipment makes it back in town. So I need trucks and I need people Saturday morning. Woodhursts, Matas, Valdez, Jackson. Uh, Mike and Cindy. Mike and Cindy. Frank, Kathy, Mike and Cindy. And then afterward, I'll feed you lunch, Okay. We'll bring everything in and I'll feed you lunch. Praise God. Cindy, Michael. Okay. Awesome. Thank you, family. That'll be so fun. There are also just a few jobs the night of. Like if you want to help with the Oreo game um, or if you would like to be a restroom monitor so we make sure and leave Miss P's restroom nice, um, you can come and see Miss Betty and sign up for a couple things the night of. Um, also restroom monitors get to do a lot of sitting down. So just, just a heads up on that. Praise God. All right. So we got all the information. Uh, so make sure you get that flyer. It's got the address. It reminds you to bring lawn chairs and stuff like that. So you need that. You don't want to be left out on that. All right. Very good. Uh, Mrs. Pastor. Don't bring your dogs or anything like that, okay? We've got enough animals running around out there, so we're good on the animal thing. Got it? So you just leave those at home, but bring your kids, all right? Very good. Let's go ahead then. It is time for our baby dedication. We're so excited. Yes. Wonderful, wonderful. Little Madison. Amen. The whole family can come on up with them. What a beautiful little girl we have here. Look at this. She is a doll. Yeah, we forgot what a baby girl looks like around here. Madison, it's it's nice to see you face to face. Oh, she's a happy baby. <laughs> she is ready. She is ready. 
Amen. I'll tell you what, this, this has been a good month or two for baby dedications, hasn't it? Amen, amen. I wonder after all this COVID's over with, how many new babies we'll have next year. Wow. Amen, amen. Uh, you know, I, I think about my miss, Mrs. Pastor, I'm part of the baby boomer generation. And what that was after World War II, all the soldiers came home. And, man, we had a lot of babies for the next next few years. And uh, and I, I remember back in Indiana one time, we had a really bad snow blizzard. Shut down the whole Midwest for 78, 1978. Shut down the Midwest for a long time. But, man, all of a sudden, there was a baby boomer explosion after that. And then for all these people being home on paid leave, wow. <laughs> anyway, babies are wonderful. They're a gift from God. <laughs> Look at her. Man, she's all excited. Amen, amen. How many know that babies uh, don't exist after they're born? They were alive for nine months before that. And something we've, something, something we've always noticed as pastors over the years, that when babies come out of the womb, even with the little babies, they perk up when we come around because they've heard us preach to them for nine months with their moms in church. You know, inside that womb, they heard what was going on. Amen, amen. Are we a pro-life church? Absolutely. Babies are real from the time they're conceived. And uh, and at our church, we don't we don't baptize babies because that really wouldn't mean anything to them. It might make people feel good. <clears throat> but we do we do what the Bible does. We dedicate them in the temple. And when Jesus when Jesus was born, his parents brought him to the temple to be dedicated to the Lord. So we think that's a good tradition to follow. That we make a commitment as spiritual leaders, as parents, as grandparents, as, as family members, that, that, that we're going to do our best to help these children go the right direction in life. And that's what our dedication is. To me, uh, when I started pastoring years ago, I actually, I actually saw that dedicating the baby wasn't really dedicating the baby. It was dedicating the parents. And that's make a dedication and a commitment to their baby that I'm going to lead you right, I'm going to do the right thing, but of course we call it a baby dedication because what better thing to do, start off your life, to be in a church with a church family, a Jesus church that follows after Jesus. Amen? Amen. So family, we're so glad you're all here to be a part of this. It's very wonderful. But uh, in Luke chapter 2, if you ever want to look at that passage, that's what Jesus was presented to the Lord in the temple. And so talking to you, Blake and Norma, we know you, we've known you for a long time. We've watched your life. We've watched the direction you go. Blake, you're doing, a, you're doing a good job following Jesus and leading your family. We're really proud of you for the, for the way you guys are headed. Amen. Amen. And so uh, in Psalms 127, verses 1 through 3, it's one of, one of our favorite passages about children and families. But it says, Lo, children are heritage of the Lord, as through the womb is his reward. You know, I think about some of the families in the church that have had trouble conceiving and things like that, and then I think it's such a shame that some people out in the world get pregnant so easy, and then when they do, they want to, they want to stop what God started. But we know, that, we know that Christian people recognize that Jesus is the one that blessed with this, especially if you had a hard time getting pregnant. And so that's a reward from God, and we know that. And, of course, Mrs. Pastor, I have eight children. With all the grandchildren we got, we love children. We love families. We know what a blessing they are when they're raised right. And so it says, as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that has his quiver full of them, that shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with enemies in the gate. I think about our family in particular, about our eight children. It's so nice to know that we have children that pray for us. 
we have children that hold our arms up. And you know, something I found out over the years as a Christian and as a pastor, that sometimes Christian family, we, we love Christian families, but sometimes Christian families can turn on you even. But your family's always there. And so we really appreciate that. The older we get, the more we see that. So for you guys, you know, have, have, having the two you've got so far, I don't know how far you're going to go, but having the two you've got so far, that, that, that as, as you raise these children right, they're going to be with you all the days of your life. As you get older, it's going to be so nice to see the, 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 the reward of raising children right. As they stand by you, they pray for you, they look at you. If you guys have problems in life, your kids come over and say, Hey, Daddy, Mommy, I'm going to lay hands on you. I'm going to pray for you. Amen. That's what it's talking about. They argue with the enemy at the gate because the devil's the enemy. And you raise children right, they, they, they realize things just don't happen. They know, they'll recognize there's not bad luck or good luck. They'll recognize bad things come, the devil's trying to attack. And good things come as the blessing of God and to recognize that, to worship Jesus in it. So parents, in 3 John 4, the apostle said, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Walk in truth. And of course, we know that the Bible is the truth. Anything, anything else may be a natural fact, but the Bible's the truth. And when your children walk in the truth, when they understand the Word of God, then they know how to change things going on around them by, by speaking the truth and walking in. So you hold your hands in your arms, heaven or hell, as far as your child's concerned. And, 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 and so for, for little Madison, what she becomes in life is going to determine what you guys show her in life and how you lead her. And so decisions you make or don't make is going to turn, determine how she walks in life. And so it will affect her all the days of her life. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. So day in and day out, day in and day out, you must be led by the Holy Spirit about decisions you make concerning Madison because Madison and Ian are different, two different children. And so one of them may be called to be super educated. The other may be called to make it through high school and go, well, I'm glad I got through that. But it really doesn't make any difference on that part. The main thing is the spiritual training. You train them right, and whether, whether they're called to be a McDonald's person or to be a president of the United States, a Supreme Court justice, whether they're called to be, if they're following God's plan, they're going to win. And that's what you want to do. And so they don't raise themselves. They're raised by not only uh, spiritual training, but by your example, how they see you live, how they see you walk. They're watching you every day. And when you do right, their little hearts are jumping with joy. If you do wrong, they groan because it hurts them and their little spirits are so sensitive. And so uh, the main thing to ask you, Blake and Norm, is this. Have you both received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and chosen to make Jesus Lord of your life. Yes. Amen, I know that. Let's hold your mic up here a minute when we do this next part. And so I want to ask you, do you commit to follow Jesus all the days of your life? Yes. yes. Is that on? Yeah, it's on. Okay. <laughs> okay. Do you commit to be a disciple of his word and to follow the Holy Spirit to the best of your ability? Yes. Yes. Okay, then, say, 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 make this faith confession with me in this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, we dedicate Madison Jean to your service. We commit to bring her up by precept and example 
All the days of her life. We dedicate her today to be all in life that you have chosen and planned as her divine destiny. We thank you for this precious gift. Thank you for trusting us to raise her up for you. We ask for your wisdom and provision in bringing your plan and your purpose to pass in Jesus' name. Mrs. Pastor, do you have anything? Well, let's lay hands on her. Amen. Amen. Family, you want to gather around? Amen. 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 Congregation, extend your hands this way. Father, we just want to thank you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we know that you knew Madison even before she was conceived. You knew her before she was born. And Father, we know that your plan or purpose for her is to do what you've gifted and called her to do. Lord, we know you've got things on the inside of her you want to bring out. And Lord, we know the only way that's going to happen is for dad and mom to live the example to be the people you've called them to be. And Lord, in that atmosphere, she'll thrive and she'll flourish. And Lord, there's great things. There's great things. Because Lord, we know that in your kingdom, there's nothing too small. Everything's great in your eyes. So we thank you no matter what it is she does in life, that she's following you. We know there's going to come a day she'll grow to be an old woman. She'll die old and full of years, but it starts right now. And then she'll stand before you and she'll give, she'll give a, she'll give an answer to you for what she did. But Lord, it starts right here with dad and mom. And so we thank you in Jesus name. As we lay hands on her, there's anointing released into her. We thank you. She's never going to know poverty or addictions or alcoholism or sexual perversion or any of the weird things the devil has out there to try to put on the children. We say, no, in Jesus' name, devil. She's off limits to you. And, Father, we thank you for this tender heart, sensitive to you, followed after you. And, Lord, we can't hardly wait to see what she's going to do because we know it's going to be good because everything you made is good. And, Lord, we just thank you for the gifts of God and her coming out in due season. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. 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 Alright, what time is it? Happy time, and also it's Mission Sunday, so hold up your hand if you need a missions envelope, if you need an envelope for your tithes or for offerings, but uh, hold up your hand and the ushers are glad to serve you. Okay, no hands, that means everything is online. Well, there goes, the hands are coming up, slow motion hands. Alright, well today we're going to talk about, a little bit about missions, but basically, 
because of closed borders, how many know there's a lot of countries, most countries, that you can't go into? And what are missionaries called to do? They're called to go to other countries. And so because they can't go anywhere, they're basically on hold. And so Julius is, Julius is, uh, Julius Morar, just about everybody knows Julius. He's, he's from India, but now he's a United States citizen. He has lots, lots of churches, a school, and things in Indian, Nepal, that part of the world. But Julius has been able to leave for a long time. He's getting to do some missions conferences a little bit in, in the United States now, getting a little traveling. And Liz and Dana, you know, they're the world directors for missions for AFCM. We do a lot with Liz and Dana. I was in Peru with Liz and Dana when this thing started. And Dana got out, and I got to stay down for a while and hang out with the people in Peru for a little while. Glory to God, that ended. Woo! That wasn't any fun. But anyway, Liz and Dana are basically sidelined. They're getting new just a little bit in a few places, but not out of America. And... uh Pacific Justice, everybody here pretty much aware of Pacific Justice, they're a legal organization that does free legal work for Christians, for churches, and for people that are, you know, for example, if your child takes his Bible to school and somebody at school says, hey, you're, we're going to kick you out of school if you don't take the Bible out, or if they say a prayer at a football game or something, Pacific Justice defends families for free. If there's homeschooling problems with the government, Pacific Justice defends you for free. They defend churches if churches are persecuted. And so we support them and, and they're out of all of our missionaries we support. They're the most busy right now, so they really, they really appreciate the offerings from churches, so we support them and lots of other things. But anyway, I want to, I want to show you a little bit about, uh, what the Bible has to say about the importance of what we're doing. Now look at Matthew chapter 24. Matthew 24. You can get a little bit excited about the word already if you want to. And, and, and Pastor Dave right now is teaching about how to thrive in end times. And that's basically what we're going to be talking about, about missions today. Missions giving is a major key to your financial success in the times we live in. And I'm going to show you that's not, that's not just something I'm saying. That's something the Bible says. But in Matthew chapter 24, Verse 3, it says, And as he, Jesus, sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And look at this. What shall be the sign of thy coming? What shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world or the end of the age? And so... There's two things right there. I want you to notice that a casual observer, this would go right past them. Number one, they said, what's going to be the sign of your coming? That tells me because Jesus didn't say, you can't ask that because I'm not coming. He answered that. So that means Jesus is coming. Amen. And said, what's the sign of your coming? And I heard Brother Hagin at a conference that years ago talk about signs. He said, if you're on the road... And you're heading to Barstow, California, for example, and you want to know if you're going the right direction, what's the sign you're going to see the road signs. The sign will say if you're on, if you're on a certain road, it'll say Barstow, and you have to change roads to get on that road, and then the closer you get, it'll say Barstow, 150 miles. I thought, wow, you know, we know Barstow's coming because we're 150 miles away. Then you see a sign, Barstow, 75 miles. Think, man, this is getting close. We're almost there. Then you might see a sign say, Barstow, four more miles. Think, wow, this is about to happen. Well, this is a sign 
They said, what's the sign be it? So there are signs. There are signs in the Bible that tells what we can watch for and all close we're getting to the destination, which is the return of Jesus Christ. Very, very real. And they said, what's the sign of the end? Well, the end of the age. And the Bible has different time periods called ages. And we're going to be coming to an age called the tribulation age. That's going to be a bad thing. By then, you want to make sure you got on the boat the first time you flew out of here when the rapture came at the, at the end of the age. And so there's going to be an end of this age we live in, the time we're living in. And actually, we, we call this the church age. The age of the Holy Ghost, the church age. And so this age is going to end. And when this age ends, we're out of here. But these guys asked him, what's the sign that this is going to end? I want you to look at just a few things I want to show you. Verse 7, I'm just going to read verse 7 through 10. Because this pretty much, I think, will show us how close we are. If we were getting on the city limits of Barstow and saw a sign, city limits one mile, we think, wow, we're about there. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to see that we're about there as far as into this age of Jesus coming back. He says in verse 7, For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. Are there any nations right now fighting each other, wanting to destroy each other, etc.? And kingdoms, all these different things going on. And there shall be famines. Has anybody ever watched TV and see those pictures, those starving, skinny babies around the world right now from the famines in those lands? And pestilences. Pestilences. Man, there's so many different diseases, things going around through bird flus, swine flus, COVID-19s and everything else. And earthquakes, earthquakes in diverse places. I don't think it's been a time in the last 10 years I haven't seen earthquakes happen somewhere, not just California, but all around the world. Praise God, California has some things built up to protect from a lot of bad destruction in a lot of cases. But there's places around the world right now that if they have an earthquake, it destroys tens of thousands of people because they're not ready for it. And so these things are taking place. Remember, these things are called signs. They said, what's the signs of when you're coming back? These things are happening. These are the beginning of sorrows. And then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. You shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. You shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And I don't know if you recognize it or not. Jesus was a Jew. Then as Jesus Christ, he died for the sins of the world that those that believe in him would become born again. And and he was Christ. We're Christ-like ones. We're Christians. We're people that identify with the name of Jesus. We're his namesake. And so in talking to the Jewish people that he was talking to, and then talking about Christians that were coming, he said, everybody's going to hate Jews and Christians. And to me, for all the different social unrest there is around our nation and things going on, still to me at the top of the list, the two most hated groups are Jews and Christians. What are the signs going to be, Jesus, before you come back? Jews and Christians are going to be hated by everybody. You're part of the sign. I'm part of the sign. And then he says in verse 10, And then shall many be offended. Wow. Do you know that as a Christian, you got to be very careful what you even say on Facebook or Twitter because of people getting offended? And it used to be if people got offended, they could cuss you and call you names. 
Now it could cost your job. It could cost your family to have to move to another state just because you say something like, God bless America. I love the flag. I love Jesus. We're praying for you. All of a sudden, you're blacklisted on your job because you talked about prayer. You talked about Jesus. What is this? This is called a sign. They said, what will the sign be, Jesus, before you come back? He said, people are going to get offended about nothing. Amen. And then he says, they shall betray one another, hate one another. But I want to get to four, verse 14 because we're talking about missions. And so then here's the last sign that tells you we're just about to arrive at that place called rapture. And this gospel of the kingdom, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached, shall be preached in all the world. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world. Who is it that takes the gospel around the world? It's missionaries. I'll tell you what, don't think it's a strange thing these borders closed down. Satan's tried his last hurrah to shut down the gospel. Churches, missionaries, and everything else, because he knows when this gospel's finally preached, then shall the end come. And his end is coming, it's coming quickly. It says, for a witness, then shall the end come. And so, where we are right now, as Pastor Dave teaches on end time thriving in these last days, one of the very, very, very most important keys to your prosperity is being a part and get this gospel to all the world. We get this gospel to all the world, to every nation, every nook and cranny. This gospel is out. Jesus told his disciples and we are followers of Jesus in this church. We follow after Jesus. We believe the words of Jesus. Jesus said the very last thing going to take place where you see me come back. He says when the gospel finally gets out everywhere around the world. And one more place I want to look at, the key to your thriving, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. And Pastor Dave used this verse just the other day. But I don't know about you, but I think this is the most exciting time I've ever lived in so far. I don't like what's going on all around me, but at the same time, spiritually, I recognize what's going on, and I'm glad to be a part of it. The Lord said something to me one time years ago. I was teaching out of the book of Acts, and those disciples stood there when Jesus went up. How many read the book of Acts when they saw him go up? And, and, and the Lord spoke to my heart, said, said, that generation saw him go, our generation is going to see him come. Wow. That's powerful. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 17. I want to read this verse 17 first. We'll read this. It says this, And thou shalt say in thine heart, My power and the might of mine hand have got me this wealth. I want to tell you something. Whoever you are, and that's all of us here, as God's prospered us, don't ever, ever, ever lose sight that if you didn't have the health you've got, you couldn't get the wealth you've got. Amen. You've got to have that health to be able to get it. And then number two, if God didn't give you his favor to have it, you can have the health, but if you don't have the favor, you won't have the job. God's favor increases your customer base, self-employed people. God's favor for the people that work for contractors and other people, God's favor 
causes those contracts to be renewed every year. God's favor causes those people to want to buy what it is you're producing. God's favor does that. And God's warning us right now. He says, don't ever get the big head. It's because I'm so smart. Because I'm so good. That's why I've got this wealth. God said, don't say that. He said, verse 18, but remember the Lord your God. He's the one that gives you power to get wealth. This is the key right now to your end time thriving. Remember Matthew 24? So this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world. Then the end comes. It says God gives us the power to get wealth. Why? That may he, he may establish his covenant. He may establish his covenant. What are we doing? Will we support missionaries? We are supplying them to be able to take this covenant around the world, get this covenant established in all these nations around the world that have not been blessed like America. And I want to tell you something. As we pray, as we vote, I'm not preaching politics, I'm preaching gospel. We better know this. America has been blessed for all these years because we chose when we were founded to be a Christian nation. We chose when we were founded to have Christian politicians, Christian judges, Christian educators, Christians in business in this nation here. And then this nation, this nation being a Christian nation, has only sent missionaries out. But this nation, even from our secular government, has helped poor nations around the world for all these years. And that's gospel. And so we've got to know that God said, I give you the ability, I give you the wisdom, I give you the finances. He said, what's the purpose? To establish my covenant. So we got to always remember, as we're part, as we're a part of to take this gospel around the world, God's, God is just paraphrased saying this. <clears throat> I've got to get it to you, Mrs. Valdez, so I can get it through you. He said, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Chuck, Chuck and Heidi, he said, if I can get it to you, then I can get it through you. If he doesn't get it to you first, he can't get it through you. But God looks around at the Jacksons and the rest of you. And God says, I can trust the Jacksons. I'm going to give them more because I know that their heart is open to me to help take care of these missionaries. Amen. Can you see that? And then he gives us one more warning here in verse 20 or verse 19. He says, and it shall be that thou do at all forget the Lord thy God. And walk after other gods and serve them and worship them. I testify against you this day that you shall surely perish. And so what's that mean to walk after other gods? Well, basically the way the Bible defines a God is something that rules your life. A God is something that determines your time and how you're going to spend your money and what you're going to do. So God said, I get this to you, but don't forget me when you get it. And what I saw happen over the years as a pastor, back in Indiana, I saw it happen a lot. People would come up from nothing in their financial arena. God would bless them with good jobs, good money. And all of a sudden they go by. Back in the day, I've had a lot of, of water. So it seemed like a lot of things that caught people's time back then. They would get big boats. And then all of a sudden say, well, pastor, you know, it's summertime. You won't see me till fall. I think, wait a minute. When you were poor, I saw you every week, every service. And now God's prospered you. And so basically you're giving God the burden down, saying, God, you blessed me, so I don't need you right now. And so that's a warning to us. God wants us to enjoy our families, our vacations, sports, pleasures. He wants us to enjoy life, 
We don't want those things to control our life to where we forget who He is. Amen? They cannot become, they cannot become what leads our life and makes our decisions. So we gotta run after playthings. Praise God for the playthings. But let Jesus stay first. And you know, we've gotta always remember where we come from. As God raises them up and blesses us, we gotta remember, He said, don't forget me. Keep me up there at the top of the list. Amen? Amen. Well, let's make our financial faith confession. And then we'll bring our tithes and offerings up to the altar. And we're going to have a good time continuing where we left off yesterday at, at the inheritance gathering. That was really good, wasn't it? Amen. Well, let's make our faith confession. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, Rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, meet all my financial needs, so I have more than enough to take to give family to give gifts in the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's all stand up together if we can. And today we are excited to have Miss Krista helping us lead worship today. She's with us from Nashville. She's a good friend of Katie's. So let's all just sing and worship together. you shed was mercy saving a dying world. Come on, sing this. Church. Love, and I'm waking up. 
What a power. 
Yes, what a wonderful name it is. And nothing compares to this, nothing. What a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's raise our hands for a minute this morning. Amen. I just like to speak the name of Jesus out. Because it's the name above every name. And as the scripture tells us, Philippians 2, that at that name, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. At the name of Jesus, demons flee. I've seen it happen. I've witnessed it. (laughs) At the name of Jesus, cancer leaves. At the name of Jesus, addiction is broken but it's all at that name and it's us having faith in that name i never ever ever get tired of hearing and using the name of jesus there is power in that name what a wonderful name it is lord we love you we thank you jesus for all that you are to us that you are the great i am you are the good shepherd you are the gate You are the light of the world. You are everything that we need right here in this place and right there in that name. And Lord, we choose right now. We're not going to have to be forced to confess you as our Lord. We willingly bow down right now. We willingly bend our knees right now and say, yes, Jesus, you are Lord. I'm not Lord. I don't got the answers. You have the answers. And we submit ourselves to you right now, Jesus. We love you and we thank you and we praise your name today. And we ask you to have your way in this service, God. We want you to do what you need to do. We love you and we praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Can we give the Lord some praise this morning? Amen. Amen. God is good. Let's go ahead and you can be seated today. What an awesome time of worship that we've had. And and we'll get back into that here in just a little bit. But who's glad to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. I like what the psalm says. I, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Now, there's a lot of reasons that I love going to church. Don't get me started right now because I got a sermon to get to. But one thing that I love about going to church is I love hearing all the voices together singing what a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ. And and I just love hearing all of our voices together in unity and harmony coming together. And what do you think that sounds like in heaven? You think, I mean, God's just up there soaking that in, loving every single second of that. Amen. Well, as uh, as my dad kind of alluded to earlier, what we're talking about today, this is going to be our part four of our series called End Times Thriving. And I'm not going to review everything, but... Um, originally when I was going to kind of, I was just going to do this as a one week thing, but it kind of turned into a little bit more than that. So I was originally like, you know, what are some keys to end time survival? And so I just kind of started writing some stuff down. The Lord was telling me, and then I was like, you know, wait a minute, I, I, survival, we're not survivors, we're thrivers. And so I'm not just barely getting into heaven, just barely making it and like, whoa. 
we survived that one. No, we're, I'm charging into that place, man. When Jesus comes and raptures me out, I want to run through those gates, brother. And so we are not just here to barely survive, barely make it, just barely pass this, the, 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 the test of this life. And well, you, you got a D on your report card, Christian. So technically you made it. I don't want that, man. I want a home run, A-plus, on fire, serving Jesus experience. What other way is there? Amen? And so today we're going to look at, I'm going to pick up two more keys to our end times thriving. And I just want you to, I want you to pay attention and get a hold of this because there's two very important things that we got to, well, we got to, got to look at here today. All right. And so what I want to do is I want to say a quick prayer that I want to get into the word of God. Buckle up. We're going to hit some stuff. Father, in Jesus name, we thank you, Lord, so much, so much that we have a church to gather in and 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 to be with our family, Lord, and to sing praises to our Father and and study our Father's words to us that He left us in, right here in our Bibles. And God, I pray today that as we uh, prepare our hearts, as we listen to what You're saying, Lord, You're going to speak to us and You're going to prepare us for everything ahead. And Lord, You're going to do what only You can do. But we pray that Your Word will have free course today to do everything it needs to do. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everybody said. So the first key today is this. Number one, I'm going to say faith. Faith. Now, this seems like such a basic and simple thing. And I'm going to be honest, man. Faith is like the main thing that we talk about around here because by faith, you are saved, right? And, and of course, Hebrews eleven six tells us without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so if it's, if it's impossible to please God without something, I want to study as much as I possibly can about that one topic. Now, faith in its most basic definition. I mean, I've heard so many deep theological, you know, sometimes confusing, sometimes way deep definitions of what faith is. But let's just say the most basic, simple, elementary level definition of faith is believing without seeing, right? I mean, you know, I can go deeper than that if you want, but I'm saying the most basic definition of what faith is, is believing without seeing. And that's, that's why it's impossible to please God without faith, because you can't even believe that God's real unless you have faith because you've never seen him with your own eyes yet. Now I've seen the, I've seen the works of his hands. I've seen the things that he does. He's healed me. He's saved me. He's restored me. I've seen him touch so many people's lives in an undeniable way where, yeah, obviously that was the hand of God that did that. But with my own physical eyes, I've never laid eyes on him just yet. And so Everything that I have based my life upon is upon something I haven't quite seen just yet. But God says, that's exactly what I want. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. But I want to show you here. Let's flip over to Hebrews 11 since I keep referring to it. Hebrews chapter 11. Now, faith, the reason it's so important, well, one of many thousands of reasons it's so important is it is the stabilizing factor that we have in the midst of all the chaos surrounding us. Anybody else, you with me on that? I mean, when things start going crazy, we don't have to go crazy because our faith is in something solid and something that doesn't change. And that's one of the many, many things that I love about Jesus is that he doesn't change. 
You know, we're so used to change. We're so used to updates. We're so used to everything. I mean, if you bought a phone last month, you're old news now, and it's not cool anymore. Last night on TV, the kid, or we were watching YouTube, and the kid saw a commercial for whatever the newest iPhone is. I, I think it's the 12 or something. I don't know. But they're like, Dad, what happened, man? You, you just got the 11. What a loser. Come on. I'm like, Dude, <laughs> I thought it was new. And then, you know, then we got this thing. And so things change fast. And our world is so used. We are just never satisfied. Things have always got to be updated. But what I love about Jesus is he doesn't need updated. He tells me when I need updated, right? He, I mean, I need updated all the time. I need renewed. I need refreshed. But Jesus never does. And that's why when the whole world's going crazy, I'm just sticking with Jesus because he hasn't changed one bit. Hebrews 13.8 says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not changing. And so if something needs to change, it's going to be me. So Hebrews 11.1, it says, Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. Don't you like it when you were hoping for something that it actually happens? Well, faith is the confidence that what you hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we can not see. And so I have assurance. I have, I am totally convinced about some things that I've never seen before in my life. Well, how do you know about that? I mean, you ever seen it? I've never seen it. How do you, you've ever seen heaven? I've never seen heaven. But I am so convinced that it is real that I have staked my entire life and everything I do upon the fact that heaven is real. And that I'm going there someday. I put, they say, well, don't put all your eggs in one basket. I put all my eggs in one basket. This is the one sure thing that I have in this life. That Jesus is real and heaven is real. And faith gives me that confidence. Now, it, Hebrews 11, when it has this word right here, hope. Now, you got to realize that hope is the precursor to faith. If you're in a bad spot, you're in a bad situation, the initial thing that you need to have is hope. Because hope tells us, you know what, I think that things could possibly get better. And you've got that initial spark, that initial pilot light. Because if you've got no hope, you say things like, things will never get better. This will never change. That's a hopeless person. But somebody that at least has hope... They say, you know what, it, it, I, it could get better. It, it might. But then you keep clinging to that hope. Guess what? You keep getting the word of God in you. Hope changes to faith. Faith says not only could things get better, things will get better. Faith is confidence. It's assurance that what God promised will actually happen. And if you don't think that's key to your survival in the end times, then you are blind. You are mistaken. You have got to be able to believe some things that you can't quite see just yet. And you've got to be confident. Look at verse 6 here. Hebrews eleven six. Who thinks faith's important? All right. Hebrews eleven six. It says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. And so do you see why we take faith so seriously? Anybody? 
Do you see why? Because I can't please God without it. And on top of it, he rewards those who sincerely seek him. And I mean, call me selfish, but if God says, hey, I'll reward you if you do this, I'm like, yeah, I'll do that. Sign me up. I will sincerely seek you because I want everything that God wants me to have. I will seek him sincerely. And it says he rewards those people. Faith is key. And so I'm telling you right now that when things are getting shaken up all around you these days, keep your confidence. Yeah, I mean, I know you got that Bible thing, but but don't, don't you see what's going on over here? Eh, I mean, come on. The word of God says this. I know the Bible says this, but, and I've told you before, man, that whenever somebody comes up to me and says, I, I know the scriptures say that, but I'm like, but what are you talking about? I, I've told this story a lot, but I was talking to a neighbor one day a couple years ago and man, all the break-ins going on around here. There's this going on and, and on this street over here, there's something going on and this guy's a, a leader in another church. But I'm like, you know what, brother? I know all that, but aren't you glad that me and you have our houses are surrounded by the angels of God that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that we are safe and secure because we are surrounded by the promises of God? And he goes, a lot of good that's doing. I'm like, what? What are you talking about, man? What are you talking about? He's like, yeah, that's doing a lot of good, isn't it? I'm like, speak for yourself, brother. But listen, my house is surrounded by the angels of God. You don't want to mess with, with my house and my family. And well, I know it says that, but man, quit with your butt. Get it out of here. You know, I've said, I've, I've, I've said this, but I'll say it again. Every, somebody says stuff like that. I, all I hear is this Sir Mix-a-Lot song in my, in my, in my head. I like big butts and I cannot. And, and then, and every time a crew, yeah, the word of God says this, but I'm like, man, stop with the big butts. Listen, the word of God says it and I believe it. That's what we're talking about. And so I feel that 2020 has been a great introduction to the end times because for one, we're seeing prophecy fulfilled at lightning speed. All right, every week I'm seeing something happen with Israel, something happen with just so many things going on. And I think another uh, great introduction has been hostility towards Christians. We're seeing stuff now and telling you you can't sing, telling you you can't even go to church anymore and all this crazy stuff. And I'm just saying, hey, it'll get... You want to be right with God because I when, when the trumpet sounds, I want to go on the first batch. I mean, if you want to stick around for the rest, by all means, have at it. But I want out of here before it gets real crazy. And it will get real crazy at some point in time. But we are told in 2 Corinthians 5, 7 that we are to walk by faith, not by sight. And if you're somebody that totally walks by sight, listen, you're going to be a very unstable Christian. Because if all you're doing is going by what you see, all we see is there's a lot of bad out there right now. But you have been commanded, no, 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 that's not what you're focusing on. You walk by faith and not by sight. This is why this is key to your success in the end times. When we see negative news and hear negative things all day, every day, your ability to tune that out and make your decisions based off of what the Bible says is going to be the deciding factor of your success in the end times. That was a very long sentence that I just said. That was a total run on. But I'm going to try to say that again somehow. Listen, your ability to turn out, 
tune out the negative news and lock in on the word of God, no matter what's going on, this will be the key to your success or your failure in the end times. You have got to set your face as a flint on what the word of God says. And I, I know all that's going on. I'm, I'm aware of it. But, but the word of God says this. This is what I'm focused on right now. You have got to have laser focus on the word of God or else you are going to fall for some mess in these end times. And so I want to show you something here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm moving kind of fast and I've got a lot of scripture. So be ye ready. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and this is the Apostle Paul talking about, uh, well, let me just read this to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I'm going to read verses 1 through 5. I've got a few verses here. 1 Corinthians 2, who's having a good time? 1 Corinthians 2, verses 1 through 5. And Paul says this, when I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and an impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. Now, Paul could have. He was highly educated, very intellectual. But I don't like it when somebody makes the gospel and the word of God so confusing that you can't even understand what they just said. They're just impressing you with lofty words and, and, and how smart they are. And that's good. But I want to understand what's actually being said here. So Paul said, that that's not what I did. I didn't come to you like that. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling, and my message and my preaching were very plain. I like stuff like that. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's a good way to preach right there. Just rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 5, I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. And that's what I'm getting at right there. That we don't need to be trusting in human wisdom, but in the power of God. Yeah, but they've got all these facts right here. They've got all these stats. They've got all, look at it. It's right here on this page. I'm not walking by sight. I'm walking by faith. And it tells us that we are to trust in the power of God. In the New King James, verse 5, it's on your screen there. It says that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now, what I'm getting at with all this regarding faith is you better be able in this day and age that we're in to trust God. Because you cannot trust everything that you see and hear on TV and everything else anymore. Not that you ever could, but you better be able to trust God and not rely on the wisdom of this world. That's what Paul said. He said, I didn't come to you and, and try to impress you with wisdom. I came and tried to get to you the power of God. And as I recall all the, the events and things that have unfolded throughout the, the, the first part of this year, I can see time and time again that the wisdom of man has failed. They keep telling me stuff and then they change their mind next week, right? No, you got to do this or you're going to die. Oh, wait, no, don't do that. That'll kill you. What? You just told me to do this. Oh, no, 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 don't go over here. Don't say this. Don't do that. And then next week, no, what you need to do is, and they keep contradicting themselves. And it's very apparent that the experts and the wise men of this world have absolutely no idea what they're talking about. 
You know what I mean? I, I don't know about if they got the whiz, but they definitely got the dumb part of it, right? And so uh, I don't know who to listen to on all this. So I realized I better just trust in the power of God. And as Paul said, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Two keys to your end times thriving faith being able to trust God no matter what it looks like, okay, very basic. And then number two, I want to say the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And I know that this is what God specifically wanted me to talk about today because he's been telling me this all week long. And the fact of the matter is most Christians do not know very much about the Holy Spirit. Oh, wait a minute. Isn't that that other guy in the Trinity, that one, um, the third member? He's more than the third teammate in the Trinity. And some, some people refer to the Holy Spirit, oh, I know what, I know what it is, I know what it is. He's not an it. He, alright? There's so much misunderstanding about who the Holy Spirit is, and I found that the majority of Christians, out of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they definitely know the least amount about the Holy Spirit, because a lot of people don't talk about Him. A lot of people don't refer to him, and a lot of people definitely, they don't, they don't just don't know much about him. Now listen, I'm, I'm gonna take like 10 minutes here and give us, cram a crash course of some wonderful things on why you need to know, and be familiar with, and fellowship with, and be filled with, and baptized with the Holy Spirit. And this is essential. This, I'm telling you now, if you don't ever listen to me, just listen to me for this next little bit. Listen, this is essential to how you handle the days ahead and the things that come at you for the rest of our time here on this world. And it's the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to show you something here. Let's flip over to John chapter 14. And uh, as we're going there, a few things that you should know is that the Holy Spirit, as a born-again Christian, he is who lives on the inside of you. Now, I know we say we've got Jesus in our heart, and that's wonderful and a great and true thing to say. But if you want to be technical, Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. And we're told in John 14, 17 and 1 Corinthians three sixteen that the Holy Spirit is the one that lives on the inside of us. So I've got the, I am full of the Holy Spirit. That's pretty good news right there. And so... Uh, but I want, I want to see, I want to show you a few things here. One thing that's important for you to realize is one reason we take the Holy Spirit so seriously is because Jesus himself said before he went to heaven, he's like, guys, it's actually better for you that I leave this earth and go to heaven because when I leave, the Holy Spirit is going to come down here and that's going to be better. That's going to be even better for you than having me right here. And I'm like, what? And the disciples are like, how could that possibly be any better than getting to be having Jesus physically with us? Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I leave because when I leave, the Holy Spirit comes. Now, I'm going to show you some things about why Jesus would possibly say something like that. Because that sounds pretty crazy to me. So, here we go. John 14 and verse 16, I'm going to look at several scriptures, and then I've compiled a beautiful list that will be on the screen of wonderful things that the Holy Spirit is for you. All right? So, John 14 and verse 16, Jesus said, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. So, 
That word advocate is, let me break down, that's a Greek word with many, many meanings, okay? But the, the full definition, the Amplified Classic translation breaks it down for us. And so here it is, that verse 16 of the Amplified, it says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter. Anybody in here ever need comforted? I'm just going to be, sometimes I need comforted. I'm a grown man, and sometimes I need comforted. And guess what? The Holy Spirit is right there inside of me, all around me, to be my comforter. You don't think that's important. I don't know what you're talking about. But he is our comforter, our counselor. Anybody need counseling? I mean, well, you know, you know what I mean, right? Okay. So, you know, don't have to raise your hand if you don't want to. But, hey, if I need counseling, I've got a counselor right there with me all day, every day leading and guiding me he's a comforter a counselor a helper who needs help don't lie to me i know you guys i've known you for a long time raise your hands you need help okay all right yeah he's he's our helper our intercessor our advocate our strengthener and stand by and it says that he may remain with you forever did you look at that list of things right there And yet most Christians don't even know that that's available to them on a 24-7 daily basis. The Holy Spirit is right there to be your comforter, your counselor, your helper, your advocate, your intercessor, your strengthener. Who needs strength sometimes? You need a little extra strength. The Holy Spirit is right there on the inside of you. Look at verse 17. Verse 17. He is... The Holy Spirit. And so Jesus said, you need the advocate. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. And guess what? When he said later will be in you, that day finally happened in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. And now he isn't just living around me. He's living on the inside of us. That's good news for us right there. And so, but look at what he says right here, verse 17. He leads us into all truth. If there has ever been a moment in history that people need the truth, man, is it now. There are some deceived people walking around. Some people that are Christians walking around, and they are absolutely blinded and deceived from the truth. But the good news is, is the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. That's key for your end times thriving. You need to know the truth. I don't want to be lied to. You know, some people are like, well, you know, I'd rather, I don't know. Listen, don't spare my feelings. I want the truth because I don't want to be deceived. When I know the truth, the truth shall set me free, John 8, 32. I don't want to be in bondage. I don't want to be a slave. I don't want to be blinded. I want the truth even if it hurts because I want to be free. So that's something for us to consider right there. And so he helps us find truth. Look at verse 26. You're getting a crash course on the Holy Spirit, and you need to know this stuff because you need to know why he's so important and why Jesus would say, hey, it's better that I just go on up to heaven because then the Holy Spirit will come. You need to know why he would say that. Verse 26, 
It says, but when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is, the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. And so I'm telling you right now, another key component, another incredible thing of the Holy Spirit is he reminds us of the word of God. He reminds us of everything Jesus said. Have you ever been in a spot and a scripture just comes to your mind and you're like, well, where'd that come from? Your comforter, your advocate, your intercessor, your standby, your strengthener, your helper just popped that scripture and dropped it right in to your spirit. And some people will tell me like, man, I don't even, I'm, I'm not that good at memorizing scripture, but the other day I was talking to someone and all these verses just kept on rolling out. I don't know how I did it. You didn't do it. That was your helper. That was the Holy Spirit and you didn't even know it. The Holy Spirit, he will remind you of everything Jesus told you. And so are you seeing why Jesus would say, it's to your advantage that I go on up to heaven? Because when I go, I'm sending the Holy Spirit as my representative, and he's going to be able to do all this stuff right here. And so that's the Holy Spirit. Look at chapter 15, John chapter 15. You learning anything today? Part of the problem is you need to get better acquainted with the Holy Spirit. Now, a lot of people, they're you know, somewhat well acquainted with God the Father, which is absolutely just as important, foundational, fundamental, absolutely the biggest thing. And, and then they're, they're, they're familiar with Jesus. That is absolutely, I just talked about Jesus. That's, that's incredible. That's, that's, that's it. Jesus right there. But you've got to get acquainted with the Holy Spirit also. You've got to learn him. You, you've got to fellowship with him. You've got to be able to talk with him and rely on him and lean on him and realize what he's doing in your life. So John 15 and verse 13, Jesus says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on, on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. Am I at a church right now? Where am I? Listen, that's John 16, John 16. It's on the screen. It said, look at this last sentence. He will what? Tell you about the future. Do you get how, what an advantage that you have over everybody else in this world around you that you literally have answers to the future that they're digging for. They're searching for, they have, well, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? We've got the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And he says, he will tell you about the future. Now, I mean, when you learn to rely on the Holy Spirit, I'm not saying he tells you every single, you know, tomorrow you're going to go to the gas station and instead of getting a Mountain Dew, you need to get a Dr. Pepper and blah, 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 blah. But listen, and he could say that. I don't know. But, but listen to me. He will tell you about the future. That is a monumental advantage that not everybody else has. Well, I've never had that happen to me before. You have got to get acquainted. You have got to get, you've got, you've got to get closer to the Holy Spirit. You have got to get so secure in your relationship with the Holy Spirit that, that you can listen. And, and, and he's saying, you know, don't do that tomorrow. Just, just don't do it. Why? 
Just don't do it. Take my word for it. You'll find out later. I mean, what's the matter? You know, I've learned when God's telling me to do something, I can sit there and be like a three-year-old. Why? 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 Do you ever, anybody with toddlers, do they ever ask you why all the time? Don't plug that fork into the socket. Why? Just take my word. It will shock. Don't. It's a shocking experience. Don't do it. You know, don't put that dirt in your mouth. Why? Just listen to me, okay? And so sometimes I feel the Holy Spirit is telling you to do something, telling me to do something, and, well, don't, don't, don't take that one. Go over here. Why? 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 And sometimes we need to just quiet the mouth. And say, you know what? I'm going to take your word for it, and I'm going to listen. And I might find out later. I might not ever find out why, but that's okay. I'm just going to choose to listen to what it is you're saying right now. And he will tell you about the future. We have got to get acquainted with and in close fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I want to show you one more verse about this here. This is in Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. Who thinks that they need to get a little closer with the Holy Spirit? So let's flip over here to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. And we're talking about here in the end times, in the final days, the final chapter of this world, what an advantage you have that you've got somebody that will remind you of things Jesus said right there on the spot. Somebody that will tell you about the future. Somebody that will comfort you when you need comforted. Somebody that will counsel you when you need some counsel. Somebody that is with you nonstop, leading you and guiding you into all truth. When the world's throwing lies at you, you've got somebody leading you into all truth. This is huge and very, very pivotal to your success in the end times. Luke chapter 12, and we're going to look here at verses 11 and 12. And this is incredible right here. Look at this. It said, Jesus said, and when you are brought to trial in the synagogues and before rulers and authorities, don't worry about how to defend yourself or what to say. Well, why? Why don't I? For the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what needs to be said. And it's not, that's not just for if you're on trial in the synagogue or in the courts. When you learn to rely on the Holy Spirit, he will teach you, he will tell you, he will give you the right words to say at the right time. And if you're listening, he'll tell you to shut your mouth sometimes when you shouldn't be talking. Can I get an amen on that one? Hey, sometimes, right? (laughs) So, you know, some people that's more of a struggle than others. But listen, we need to be uh, quick to listen, slow to speak. And slow to get angry. That's another sermon for another day. But it seems like that went over real big. So I'll just drop that little truth bomb on you. But listen, sometimes the Holy Spirit is saying, shut up. Shut, stop it right now. Listen. Listen. You, well, my instincts tell me to not say this. Then don't say it, man. Stop. But then sometimes you're in a situation and you don't even know how to answer it. And then the words just start flowing. How did I come up with that? You didn't come up with that. That was the Holy Spirit giving you the right words at the right time in that situation. And so, as a Christian, let me just, let me just throw this list up there. I think I've got that up there. Can I, can I have my list of wonderful things the Holy Spirit is, uh, telling us to do? My media people, computer. There we go. Thank you. All right. So, 
look at this list. I, I mean, these are just these are just nine things we just looked at in the last five minutes. Check this list out. You can take a picture of it if you want to. He is our everyday comforter. Do you need that? He is our counselor, helper, intercessor, strengthener. He leads us to the truth. He reminds us of scripture. He tells us about the future and he gives us the right words to say. All in that one key person, the Holy Spirit, you have all those things. And that's a part. That's a partial list, man. That is just barely scratching the surface. But can you see right now as the world goes crazier and crazier and as there's more uncertainty and more uncertainty, if you could have something like that at your disposal every single day of your life, that is absolutely un. There's no price you could put on it. Money can't buy this. This is the absolute gift of God to you, his Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you right now, you need to get more and more acquainted and get closer and closer and closer to the Holy Spirit. And so I'm challenging you right now, okay? We talked about faith today. We've talked about the Holy Spirit, and there's so much more, so much more to dig into this. In fact, and just as a favor to you in the bookstore back there, there's some wonderful wonderful books on this topic and i haven't even scratched the surface of being baptized in the holy spirit because in john chapter 3 jesus told nicodemus hey you've got to be born of the spirit and everybody that's a born again christian has been born of the spirit but then in acts chapter 1 jesus says hey the time is coming when you're going to be baptized and filled with the holy spirit and so it's you got to be born of the spirit, number one. But then Jesus said on top of that, you could be baptized and filled with the spirit. And every single time in the book of Acts, when somebody was baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit, they had this experience of speaking in other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance, it says. And every single time Acts 1 8 says that you receive power from on high when you get the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, you need power from on high. There are things in this world that you simply cannot handle on your own anymore. There are things coming down the pike that, that, that you never even dreamed of. And you need the Holy Spirit. Well, how do I? You need to start welcoming him in to your life. You need to, you need to believe to be, uh, to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit if you haven't yet. But this, out of everything we've talked about over the last four weeks regarding this, it's all key, it's all important, it's all huge to your success. But we just gave you all within one major point right here, at least nine things that you need that the Holy Spirit provides to you. You have got to get acquainted with, fellowship with, filled with, surrounded with the Holy Spirit and let him be a part of your life every single day can i get an amen on that i mean i hope that wasn't over your head i'm gonna ask josh to come on up here can we stand up together today we're gonna take a few minutes here can we stand up together i i believe the word of god spoke to you and that that he's trying to get something across to you today but this is uh man this is so important for how we handle things ahead and so we are welcoming 
the Holy Spirit into our lives, amen, and, 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 and getting to know Him better and better and better and better. But as we, we're going we're to sing a, sing a worship song here for just a few minutes, and, and I want you to, you know, as we do this, as we sing to Him, this is your moment, all right, here on a Sunday morning, this is your chance to lay it all out there, man, lay it all out there to Jesus, lay it all out there on the altar, and, and, and give it to Him. And so the biggest thing right now is this, is as we go into worship, you need to be able to have this right heart with God. And, and, and I'm praying for you right now. If you don't feel that you're in that relationship where you need to be, I'm going to give you a chance in a minute, but I'm not going to be a sissy about it. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to be bold and to make a stand for Jesus. But I want to take a few minutes here and I want to, I just want to sing this song, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And, um, and I want you to mean this and invite the Holy Spirit more and more into your life and get better and better acquainted with Him. Amen. Let's sing this together. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory God is what our hearts long for, to be
where you are is where we want to be. And if you're here and, and man, you, you know, this, all this stuff sounds nice. It sounds good, but you just, you don't absolutely know how things are between you and God. And, and maybe at one point you were totally with them, but somewhere along the way, something happened. And maybe, maybe you walked off or whatever the case is. We know he, he'd never leave you, but sometimes some of us have plot out. We've left him. We've walked away. We want to make sure that we have that sealed and satisfied and where you need to be with Jesus today before we leave this place. And so I am going to lead us in a prayer. And, and if you feel like, you know what, this is my moment. This is my day of being restored to God, my salvation moment, then we will ask you to acknowledge that. And we want to rejoice with you and we want to do everything we can to help you along the journey. But I want to, I want to pray this together. Could you say this with me? Father in Jesus name. Father in I believe in your son Jesus. That he died. That he rose again. That he's coming back. Jesus, forgive me. For anything wrong I've done. I'm living for you now. This is it. No turning back. This is my moment. Receive me in Jesus' name. Amen. What a beautiful prayer. What a beautiful moment that is. And if you would say, you know what, I, I think that this was my time that I, that I'm, I'm coming back to Jesus. I want you to acknowledge that and raise your hand and, and we aren't calling you up front. We aren't putting you on the spot. But Jesus said, if you acknowledge me before men, I'll acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. Thank you, sister. Amen. We rejoice in you too. And, and if, uh, and if you are willing and interested, we've got a great program called Spiritual Personal Trainer where I will hook you up with someone from church that will take 30 days and, and speak into your life. They'll text you a devotion and a Bible verse every day and pray for you and help you get on uh, the path to where you need to be. So if that's something that you are at all interested in, I would ask uh, that, Jose, can you raise your hand? You're holding a kid. But I ask that you come and give Jose your information and, and we'll get a hold of you, okay? And we want to help you on your journey. Amen. Well, who's been blessed today? Amen. It's been awesome to be in the house of the Lord. God is good. And we learned a lot today in a short amount of time. So, praise God. I'm going to take this a step further. Because yesterday, at the inheritance, the Lord told me that people need baptized in the Holy Ghost. And it never opened up at that event. And then he, I didn't know what he was preaching on today. And then he preaches on the, on the Holy Ghost. And you may not understand the term baptized in the Holy Ghost. It's not talking about being water baptized. John the Baptist talked that there would be one coming after him, meaning Jesus, who would baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Amen. In John, uh, I mean, in Acts chapter 1, Jesus said, go to Jerusalem and tarry there until you be endued with power from on high. 120 people were there on the day of Pentecost. And the Holy Ghost was was poured out. And people were baptized in the Holy Ghost. And they spoke with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now some people say, well, that was just for the 12 disciples. Well, how come on, on the day of Pentecost, 120 got it, including Mary, the mother of Jesus? 
And then if you look at Acts chapter 10, which is 10 years after the day of Pentecost, what? 20 years later, pastor knows all this stuff, 20 years later after the day of Pentecost, they're saying, did you receive the Holy Ghost when you believed? And they said, well, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Ghost. And then, and so then they got prayed for and they all, they got baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. In chapter, Acts chapter 19, the same thing happened. One of the guys, I don't know, Peter, John, Paul, one of them came in there and said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Well, we haven't even heard there was a Holy Ghost. Oh, Pastor Dave alluded today, you know, people talk about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, but who is the Holy Ghost? Back in the Old Testament, the Holy Ghost came upon people. Now he comes within us. And so I'm going to give this invitation today. You may have been sitting in this church for a long time. And you've heard a lot of us pray in tongues. That's because we're baptized in the Holy Ghost. And you need to have the Holy Ghost living within you in these last days, as Pastor Dave said. Because we need all the help we can get. Amen. And we need the Holy Ghost. So I'm going to do two things. First of all, how many of you are baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues? Okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to speak in tongues for a little bit. Okay, and I want to hear you. I want to hear you. Heaven wants to hear you. So I want you to speak forth, praying in tongues in the spirit, in the prayer language that the Holy Ghost has given to you. So let's go. Hallelujah. Speak it louder. What are we doing? The Word of God tells us that we are praying out a perfect prayer of intercession. When somebody needs something, we don't know what it is that they need. We don't have any natural knowledge. When we go into and praying in the Holy Ghost, it's called praying in the Holy Ghost. We're praying out a perfect prayer of intercession. We are praying things that we in our natural mind don't have a clue about. But the Holy Ghost within us, He knows. And when we go into praying in the Holy Ghost, then stuff happens. Stuff happens. We're just calling on the throne room of God, stuff that he knows about, stuff happens. Amen. And you may say, oh, that's, or you just have to be real emotional to pray in the Holy Ghost. Okay, we can pray in the Holy Ghost board too. Do I look like I'm all shook up? Am I all emotional? No. So, here's the invitation. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed with the evidence of speaking in other tongues? If the answer to this is no, I'm going to give the invitation to you now. Nobody needs to lay hands on you. Jesse Garcia was sitting in a Dr. Barclay meeting in San Diego a few years ago, six, seven years ago, I don't know how many years ago now. And Dr. Barclay says, if you've never received the Holy Ghost, just start praying in tongues now. Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. 
And Jesse said, Jesus, I want that. And guess what? Hallelujah. Jesse started praying in tongues. So this is what we're going to do. For those of you in here who want everything that God has got for you, it's a gift. Salvation was a gift. The baptism in the Holy Ghost is a gift. Who are you to say, God, I don't want your gift? Let me tell you, you need the Holy Ghost. You may not think you need the Holy Ghost. You may not think you even want the Holy Ghost. But I'm telling you, you need the Holy Ghost. Amen. So this is what we're going to do. Those of you who want the Holy Ghost, just stay where you are. Nobody needs to lay hands on you. Jesus is in here. Amen. We're going to, those of us who pray in the Holy Ghost, we're going to just pray in the Holy Ghost for a while. Those of you who want to receive the Holy Ghost, you just raise your hands and say, Jesus, I want all you've got for me. I want you to baptize me in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. So we're going to do that, okay? You ready for this? I'm telling you something. Your life will never be the same. I was saved for 25 years as a believer without the Holy Ghost. When I was 28 years old, I got the baptism in the Holy Ghost. I've been baptized in the Holy Ghost for 44 some odd years now. And I'm telling you, there's a distinct difference between not having the Holy Ghost as a believer and having the Holy Ghost as a believer. Amen. So you ready for this? You ready for the Holy Ghost? Are you ready for God? God needs you baptized in the Holy Ghost. You're going to get boldness. 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 You know, I used to be so scared I wouldn't leave my house. I was afraid. I was afraid to walk out my door. And I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you what. I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything for God. Because he's an awesome God. And he sets us free. He sets us free. He sets us free. He sets us free to serve him, to love him, to live a life of God that's beyond anything else. Amen. Oh, Lord. Man, I love the Lord. Okay. Hallelujah. Okay. Praise God. All you tongue talkers, all you tongue talkers, you just start praying in tongues. And those of you who want Jesus to baptize with the Holy Ghost for the evidence of speaking with other tongues like Jesse did, you join us, okay? Receive ye the Holy Ghost in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Praise you, Father God. Lord, we worship you. We worship you, Father. We worship you, Father. 
Lord, you're a good, good Lord. We love you. We worship you, Father. We praise you for it. In the mighty name of Jesus. Now, if you receive Jesus today, as Pastor Dave has already said that, you know, speak to uh, Jose over here. If you receive the baptism in the Holy Ghost today, talk to one of us in leadership and just let us know. Amen. God is good to us. Can we sing that let us become more aware of his presence one last time before we close out? but he's welcome in your life if you'll let him be. And so I massively, massively encourage you this week to start putting some focus on what we've talked about today and, and go over those scriptures again that we looked at. You need a comforter, a counselor. You need a helper, an intercessor. You need a strengthener. You need someone to lead you into all truth. You need someone to remind you of the scripture. You need somebody to tell you about your future. And you need somebody to give you the right words to say at the exact right time. You need the Holy Spirit in your life. Can somebody say amen today? Amen. Well, we're going to close out in prayer. And of course, we'll do our Barstow Faith Confession. I remind you that we have a family night tonight at 6 o'clock and over here in this building. So bring the kids out. Bring the family out. We're going to have a great time with them. And it's a, what a great time to be serving God. What a great time to be alive. Amen. So let me pray over you. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much for what you've done today. And, Lord, I ask that you continue to work in us all throughout this week. Lord, we are not satisfied with where we're at. We want more. We want more. We want more and more of you, Jesus. And I pray that you would use us this week, Lord, to be the light of the world right here in the high desert. And Lord, there's people that need hope and help and healing. And we've got all of it right here because of Jesus. We thank you for all you're doing. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. 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 
We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Be blessed. We love you.